1: Just be a me. Amy House, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R, under seventeen not a without parent, only in theaters May seventeenth.
2: This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to five hundred anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people you can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. On the Bechdel
3: cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie. My name's Caitlin, and this is our podcast where we talk about the role of women in movies. Boy, is it! I mean, girl, is it? How long girl. did
1: you play? <laughs> Was it planned? Was it planned? No. I don't know. I'm nervous about this episode because I've only rewatched the movie once. I've had You're so a half thorough. of an IPA. Do
3: you remember the time where I didn't watch the movie at all and oh, then mean? admitted it weeks later? <laughs> the Matrix? The Matrix episode. Yeah. Go back and listen if you want to hear some high level bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen The Matrix to this day. Oh man, it's pretty good. You wouldn't like it. I pretended to not like it and I felt like that was maybe at the right. I felt like I wasn't going to like it. My arm is covered. There's some sort of there's some creepy crawlies in my house Mm. and they're eating me up. And so every time I leave my house, I've been spraying like my entire floor in like bug poison. Mm -hmm. But they've evolved and there I my whole forearm is covered in um, Hey, life finds a way. Don't. This is our episode.
1: Oh, no. I'm going to keep bringing it back to Jurassic Park. I, well, we were saying that today's movie is what
3: you are to Jurassic Park as today's movie is to me. And then mm-hmm. I like it. And you're like, eh, that's fine. I'm ambivalent, we'll say. Right. Oh,
0: my God.
1: I know. <laughs> and our guests could not be more excited about it. Well, today. it's three against one because Aristotle also loves this movie. Aristotle was reciting lines with yeah. me. It was oh, <laughs> so exciting.
3: People love this movie. And at, okay, so let's just get into it. The movie today is School of Rock, directed by Richard Linklater, mm-hmm. 2003. And our guest, I'm so excited. She's one of my best friends in the whole world. She is the music editor for Dig Boston. She's written for Pitchfork. Ask choir, NPR.
0: It's Nina Corcoran. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. I just knocked
3: over <laughs> your
0: ice cream, <laughs> which is also on brand. Yeah. On
3: I, 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 ice
2: cream, <laughs> talking
0: about School of Rock. Right. I feel like
3: we've probably eaten <laughs> ice cream with disposable knives and talked about School of Rock more than one time. Yeah. I have like a very vivid memory of us being maybe a little bit intoxicated ones, or maybe sober. It could have gone either way, but we went to a Tedeschi's because you wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to check in on Foursquare before you bought a pint of Ben & Jerry's so that the pint of Ben &
0: Jerry's would be free. Yeah, I used to do that all And the time. It, worked. it worked. There was a thing where you would get a discount code. Foursquare doesn't do it anymore, but where right. you checked in the most. You're the mayor and certain, <laughs> certain places. You're the mayor of Tedeschi's. So, a
3: lot of history on the cast today. We're talking about School of Rock. Okay, well, let's first discuss our history of this movie. Kaden, when did you see this movie for the first time?
1: I believe I saw it either right when it first came out in 03 or sometime shortly after that. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not, but I only saw it that once until I then rewatched it the other day to prepare for this episode.
3: You said you could only watch it in five-minute chunks. Personally, I was
1: triggered. I... (laughs) Look, Mad
0: Max, Fury Road. I think the better comparison... Don't say that, okay. movie! <laughs> Do you just not like Jack Black? That's I, the I only people I found who don't like it are people who don't like Jack Black. Well, I mean,
1: yeah, it's impossible to like this with no me. heart.
0: I thought I you seem like certainly...
1: You no, I really don't. I'm a <laughs> wretched person with no heart. I thought I liked him okay up until rewatching this movie. Really? And then I was like, I find him... Well, here's the thing. I like my comedy to be a little more subtle than he... Delivers, but it's
3: a Jack Black vehicle, and he's so wow. subtle. He's a- <laughs> in his
1: defense, it's a
3: very nuanced performance.
1: <laughs> okay, I can't argue with that. However, he's just never not mugging the fuck out of whatever scene he's in, and he's just I like mean,
3: the shot of the eyebrow <laughs>
1: <laughs> truly says it all. <laughs> of like, could you be leaning
3: into this anymore?
1: I still love it. But I yeah, s- I saw it when it came out, and then again, and now I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I like this movie. So a more oh, accurate no. thing than Jurassic Park, which again I'm gonna keep bringing up today, <laughs> is I don't care for this movie. You didn't care for Mad Max. You said you liked I Jurassic Park okay. Yeah, so, Park. So I feel was like fine. that's
3: a more appropriate comparison. Sure. I hated Mad Max, and I hate steampunks, and I was at- like. <laughs> I was at Comic-Con this weekend and I was it was a real test of the spirit. A few casualties, but not as many as one would think. <laughs> yeah. I first saw this movie in theaters. Memorably, I think I've told I've actually talked about this with you before cuz I grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts. My cousin and I went to see this movie with our aunt or her mom, my aunt, and someone in the movie theater got stabbed in the foot. <laughs> sometime during the second act of School of Rock and we all had to leave. I come back another day <laughs> to see the end of school. Of R- we, we saw it from the beginning, but we didn't know how it ended for days. Wow. And we were, and at the time, like there was Google, but we were 10. We didn't really use it. So we were just like, I wonder if they win. I wonder if they can even go to the battle of the band because someone got stabbed in the foot and the, the movie dinner was closed <laughs> shortly after. Then we had the VHS. I've seen this movie easily 20 times. It's like wow. one of my favorites of all time. It's so good. Okay. Nina, what Man, was your
0: experience of the movie? I feel like I shouldn't list how many times I've seen it. No, please. But it's like definitely over 50. It's <gasps> <Whoa>. ridiculous. <laughs> Lame? Maybe not. No. Incredible? Probably. I'd hope so. I can't stop. <laughs> but my earliest memory is on a road trip, and I watched that movie, just only that movie, the whole trip, over and over. I watched it once, and then I watched it with subtitles, and then I watched the director's cut, and then with like a, <laughs> And then I watched the one with all the commentary of them talking. And then we Which were just really good one. Yeah. It is. It's so and because they're like all young, talking about it and getting excited, seeing themselves on the screen. Yeah,
3: this movie, it rules. It's so it's so good. Yeah, I mean that right
0: there is four <laughs> times in one car. Right, <laughs> it's a lot of views.
3: And I think that we were talking about before Nina got here that I think that the age you were when this movie came out is critical to how you feel about yeah. the movie because we were the exact right Aristotle was too. We were all ten or eleven when this movie came out, and the movie's about ten or eleven year olds starting a band with Jack Black. Mm. Yep, <laughs> and that still sounds like, and now it's like maybe that's a little perverted, but at the time it was like. Yeah, I want him to be my teacher. He's so cool.
1: Yeah, I was like a sixteen, probably, and I was too yeah. cool for school. You don't fucking of have rock. time for it. <laughs> <laughs> But that oh, would be really good. I don't. Th- <laughs> I think it has its merits, but merits school of rock I, has its merits. Well, one of the reasons I am does a, it make the grade? It's uh, Hold well. <laughs> look sorry one of the reasons that i'm a <coughs> wretched person is that i do not like children
2: oh, i don't like movies that I star
1: children. Right, I forget that you hate uh, and hate, child actors you hate as child well actors get them out of here i hate
3: most child actors but all the child actors in this movie i have a crush on so it's different. so it's different.
1: I mean, and they're ten or eleven. That's better than when you have like a six-year-old in a movie. Mm, oh yeah. no, thank you. But even so, the cast is largely children, and I cannot get behind it. Do not endorse.
3: Mostly children who never work again, but with the exception of one Miranda Cosgrove, who one might argue was a star-making role for her. If by star-making you mean. I, Carly, eventually.
1: <laughs> Wait, which character is that? Summer. Okay. Um, band manager. Band also manager. Take care of here for all they
3: Tinkerbell. They're sluts. They sleep with the, the band. <laughs> <laughs> Slut shaming. This movie. Okay, but, but I think that's on Jack Black because he made the children groupies. Well, yes. And
1: groupies. But he could have. Do
3: sleep he, with the band?
1: Um,
0: Historically. But he also then I know later from experience. says how they're like. Cheerleaders for it, and I feel like they're like merch people because that's the thing that seems weird. But then they're the ones charged with like designing the clothing, coming up with the name, and they're really excited about it. And then obviously, mm-hmm. when summer isn't, he's like gives her the biggest job possible. But mainly, band manager, he never actually tells her how to do it or what to do. He lets her decide. And like the entire thing is her figuring out. out how to be a leader. She, like, reads that whole book. And then later they're like, like, she's obsessed with David Geffen.
3: (laughs) Uh, Just some quick stats on this movie before we get into the recap. This movie was the most successful musical comedy ever until Pitch Perfect 2.
0: Like two which years I ago, which I refuse to see because of that.
3: Oh, I am like, <laughs> Pitch stupid. Perfect franchise needs to grow up and let School <laughs> of Rock have its place in history. So this is a Richard Linklater movie. Let's name some big ones because I I have seen a handful of his movies. I I am not like a, a super fan.
1: Sure, but so my favorite of his is Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. I can take leave Before Midnight. Maybe I need to revisit it. But those first two especially of the Before trilogy. I haven't seen those. Oh, they are either. so yeah. fucking good. I love them so much. I hate romance movies. I hate romance in general. I hate children. I hate everything can that's I good about it? the world. Can I say it? Yeah. So, Kaylin loves Before Sunrise <laughs> so
3: much that she has a sketch on the World Wide Web that is a Before Sunrise Twilight crossover, oh, and man. it's really
1: good. Oh, Thanks.
3: Check it out on our Check website. Check out Before Twilight <laughs> it's on the cr- internet. It's, once you know what it is, I just didn't know what it was at first. Mm. But then once I saw, I understood. It's a
1: low budget production written and edited by it's a, a one Caitlin Durante. It's an um, indie. It's the indie, indie cred. It's an indie fave. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an indie darling. Cult following. Linklater is also <laughs> famous <of> for. <laughs> uh link is also famous for Dazed and days confused, and confused boyhood Man. and then
3: last year he did everybody wants some which i did see oh i did and, which can uh, suck my ass did not like it <laughs> mm. richard okay we'll get into let's let's go through a school of rock which i think we can all agree is his best movie Mm. Um, I, I mean, I legitimately, of what I've seen of his, I like School Rock better than Days to Confuse. I like it better than Boyhood. I like it better than Everybody Wants Some. I'm pretty sure that's all I've seen. Nearing
0: 100th view, and I can say it's still great. It, like, holds, however, many years later than when I first saw it.
3: Even the joke about <laughs> fucking kids is still funny.
1: I touched
0: how your many children.
3: movies. And I think they touch me too. It's so funny. <laughs> okay, let's do the the recap. All right, here oh, we this go. This is going to be a fun one. There's uh, going to be, so Nina, so you know, interjections allowed, but Caitlin's also allowed to yell back.
1: <laughs> I, oh God. Okay, School of Rock yes. is the story of Dewey? Finn. 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 Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
3: He's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> He's, He's
0: in a rock band. He with loves. Adam Pascal of Rent. And yeah. Aida. And that person was in the once musical. Is that the one with the longer hair who's like, Dewey, we're friends, man? No. Wait, was that guy that in the That little once skinny musical? one who's in his band. Yeah, he was in. I went to good see it with my for mom. Him. And I was like, oh my God, I'm starstruck. The man from School of Rock. I was
3: obsessed with Adam Pascal. Yeah, he did a he good job. He's, he's great in this movie. He's like, because li- he's like, I'm shirtless <laughs> and you don't fit in. You're not hot
1: enough for the band. Uh, So, Dewey Finn, he's in a rock band. He loves rock music. He does too many guitar solos at their shows. And the band's like, well, we're going to kick you out. He's like, no. Meanwhile, his roommate, Ned. Mike White, who also wrote the movie. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. He has a girlfriend played by Sarah Silverman. Shrew number one. We will call her
3: shrew number one. (laughs) She's one of three shrews that appear throughout (laughs) the
1: film. Right. Shrew number one is like... You need to start paying rent, Dewey. You're freeloading too much. Poor Um, Sarah
3: Silverman. Got a
1: job. Yeah. She's wearing a turtleneck 100% of the time.
3: (laughs) I think she's treated, of all the female characters, I think she's she's treated the worst.
1: Uh, Agree. Um, Yeah. And her talents are so wasted in this movie. She's so funny. I I Sarah
3: Silverman. I hope she paid her rent for three years (laughs) (laughs) off of having to wear all those turtlenecks.
1: Yeah. So she's like, "You gotta start paying rent." And Dewey, he's down on his luck. He's all out of sorts. And then he gets a phone call intended <gasps> for his roommate Ned, but it's from this prestigious private school. Oh, and and, that, and I do love that the first act is real. Like the inciting
3: incident is a good old fashioned landline mix up. Mm, Couldn't mm. happen today. The yeah. little <laughs> hello, this is Ned. Please, like,
1: <laughs> great part. Anyways, so they give him a call, and Dewey answers, and
0: they're looking for a substitute teacher. Which he's also, like, mind you, he's in the middle of getting calls trying to sell his gear, pawning it off as, like, ridiculous things, which it is not. But mm. making an effort to make rent selling things he doesn't want to sell that mean a lot to him. Right. Crab, yeah, crab. Yep.
3: Which mm-hmm. he makes clear is for his... Mike White is the first person I remember in my entire life realizing that you could have blonde eyelashes. Didn't know. So he so he says specifically and this is another reason where it's like, no one is nice to Sarah Silverman in this movie. Everyone's afraid of her or uh, he's like, I'll do it for you, but not for that turtleneck. Bitch, you yeah, know, yeah. he doesn't say it, but I think he almost says worse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyways, but yes, it's implied either way. So he gets this call and he pretends to be Ned. Ned Schneebly. Schneebly. And so he goes to this school pretending to be a substitute teacher. And it's a classroom full of all these young youths of America. And they're accustomed to a very strict academic regiment. And they're like, are you going to teach us or what? And he's just like, oh, I'm hungover. And he's very not into it. He's really just there to try to make some another money. great exchange. <laughs> I didn't know what hungover meant when I
3: saw this movie. Me and me the movie either. literally teaches you. Does that mean you're drunk? No, it means Does I was drunk, drunk yesterday. yesterday. That means you're an alcoholic. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't always true. That's a more square rectangle thing. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so he's having a hard time connecting with these kids at first. And then he's like, wait a minute, what if I start teaching them music? So forget about the, eye, English the class. eyebrow part. Mm,
0: yeah, because yeah, he hears cause he hears them playing music and goes and it's like, dang, let's right? make them play. Which, very impressed because he says that without words. Yeah, he just the eyebrows say it all and then some. The that's eyebrow thats a whole roll. script in that's, the eyebrows. That's, he I, I,
3: as each wave. Some people are not going to like the eyebrow wave, but I think that he saved about three pages
1: of dialogue <laughs> <laughs> with the eyebrow wave. right? Because so, uh, Principal Joan Cusack comes in. She's like, "It's time for their music lesson." So he hears them playing music. He's like, "Wait a minute." They're musicians. This kid plays the acoustic guitar. I can teach him how to play electric guitar. This other girl plays the cello. She's now the bass. So he like, which by the way, insane that in this world, Jack Black has never heard of a cello. He's
3: like, what was that that thing? thing? Cello. You've got a bass. That's also. She says
0: like two or three lines in the whole movie, and that's one of them. But Mm. also, I'm pretty sure that's because of a choice thing.
3: Really? I, well, because I looked at, she's like one of, we were also talking, because first of all, she was hashtag Aristotle's crush
0: of the movie.
3: <laughs> Second of all, she and I were born on the exact same date. Really? August 18th, 92. So you played bass? So. so cello, it's a bass. <laughs> um, but also, she was also never in anything ever again. She did so. do
0: her own, I know way too much. She did her own YouTube series of her playing music. Really? With like under her real name, but I think she changed the name a bit. I wish I remembered it right now. Okay, but she I'll, did for a really long time because all those people who had a crush on her Rebecca found Brown. it were like, oh, my God, she did become the music girl of my dreams. Rebecca Brown.
1: Yeah. yeah in fact, she she's... became Rebecca Black and now has a hit song. <laughs> That's Friday.
3: <laughs> oh, look, Cosmopolitan.com slash UK. This school of rock child actress actually became a rock star. Subhead, Jack Black totally called it. I hate subheads so much. (laughs) (laughs) But you need it. The people need to click. Anyways. Sorry. Let's carry on. Okay. (laughs) We'll get back to her. It's a long hole. Yeah. So
1: this whole classroom full of students, he's like, all right, you, he signs roles. He's like, you're the, going to be the lead guitar. You're the bass player. You're the keyboard. And then there's other kids in the class who I guess aren't important. So he's like, or they're not musically talented. So he's like, you can be a groupie. You're gonna design the costumes. Hey, you're the lighting guy. Which now. is
0: all important. It's not that that's it's not important. It's important. Right. Don't no, be dismissive totally of other roles they of totally lighting. are. They totally
3: are. You're speaking to a music journalist. I know. Watch your words.
0: What I meant to say. I will write something mean. She's going to write a subhead. Can do that. Jack Black totally <laughs> called it. <laughs> the sucks.
1: I told you I'm wretched. Okay, sorry. I misspoke. What I meant is, I guess they're not cool enough to be in the band or whatever. Right. Anyway, Just because you're not in the band
3: doesn't, doesn't mean
0: you're not in the, the band. band. But he does overlook them at first. Yeah.
3: At first he's like, you can
0: watch. Yeah, yeah.
3: And then he has to, like, yeah, get too
0: excited about. about the music. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Right. 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 Cool right. it. Dewey.
0: I guess. Jack,
1: basically. Dewey. Dewey. And then they enter. He's like, we're going to enter the Battle of the Bands contest because he is now without a band. So he's using these children to have his own rock band again. That's what this movie is about, anyway. So he. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's, like, fooling Principal Joan Cusack, and she she's shrew number two. She's like, rules, rules, rules. You're not allowed to take a field trip, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then things culminate to a point where people figure out that he's been lying this whole time. And they're like, you're not, And you know who'll bust him? Shrew number one. Shrew number one. Yeah, have we have we named Shrew number three? We have not. Oh, okay. She is Summer, the band manager
3: Miranda Cosgrove, a very young, adorable, doe-eyed Miranda Cosgrove, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't sing. who idol she cannot sing and she idolizes David Geffen. She rules. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just really quick, Rebecca Brown, my birthday twin, is now performing in Spamilton in Chicago, which is a uh, parody musical of Hamilton. And it's also in Mm. Chicago. She's doing great. She has an Instagram account. (laughs) Yeah, she has an Instagram. She's doing great. She's. uh, I look forward to our shared birthday. Uh, Maybe I'll go. I'm going to Chicago next week. Maybe I'll go to Spamilton Chai. Please do. Anyways, the end. She's doing fine.
1: Okay. Cool. 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 She has like three lines in the movie, but she's fine now. People find out that he is not actually Ned Ned Schneebly, and he gets in trouble and he gets fired from his job. There are police there, he doesn't get arrested. Good for him. And then the kids are like, but wait, we still want to do Battle of the Bands. So they go to his house, get him out of bed. He's not wearing a shirt. You do see his nipples. And then they're like, come on. And they're
3: hard. They're hard. (laughs) They're not soft.
1: (laughs) They're like, come on, we're going to the Battle of the Bands. So he drives them in his van to Battle of the Bands. They play a song. It's great. They don't win, but everyone's like, School of Rock, encore, please. It's an encore. So they play another song. (laughs) And everything ends up fine. The end. Right. Ooh, <laughs> la, 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 ooh, well, they la, start la, School
3: la, of Rock,
0: which is a real thing in the world. Sc- mm.
3: Yeah, it's like a real after school program, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Was it a real thing before the movie? It had. There thing, was right? like, con- not controversy, but apparently they started writing this script and then that was also happening. But it wasn't meant as like a, you know, true story of the people who started that program. Right. And the title was going to be something different mm. or they almost had to change it to something else. The School of Rock title because yeah. of the program. Oh,
3: interesting. I mean, I'm sure that, that guy the program was like, That's benefited not my from life, it. and
0: it's like, yeah. And then they were like, if anything, this is going to help boost
3: sales. I mean, it had to have, because yeah, I'm sure people assumed in, it was associated. like every city now. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember they literally have one.
0: every city, every single <laughs> city.
3: They have one in Boston, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah also i think it's funny to mention i have not seen this musical but school of rock has been adapted for the stage Ooh. on broadway by none other <laughs> than my boy and yours andrew lloyd Webber. oh he and a guy from downton abbey i mean if we're talking about the man Andrew Lloyd Webber really does just fit right in there, uh, (laughs) as does anyone associated with Downton Abbey. (laughs) But anyways, a very successful Broadway musical now as well, although I'm willing to bet it stinks. I, uh, my Compared mom called to the movie me just... when they
0: debuted the one of the songs on the Today Show, so I could oh, okay. watch it. it. Must have been in college when it came out. Yeah, it's twenty thirteen, and uh, I was not impressed because it deviates ever so slightly from the script, which I have memorized. <sighs> and boy, was my yeah. brain not into it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also, there's also the TV show on Nickelodeon. I don't know if it's still happening. There was
3: yeah, there was. A, I when was that on? I I did not watch that. I think we were too Nor old, I. old for that it premiered in 2016. Let's see if it's still on. It is in its research third Fact season. Check. Wow. So School of Rock all that to say, the story ages very well. People love a timeless tale. Rock people are always going to school. <laughs> people always want to make school cool. And that's why School of Rock holds up till this very day. <laughs> and see, no, just kidding. okay. I think that there's a, there's a lot to talk about in terms of how female characters are treated in this movie. And also, I think uh, expanding that to Richard Linklater a little bit would be helpful because I was doing some background research. And my research made me like Richard Linklater less, mm. because partially because his most recent film, Everybody Wants Some, um, is just a big I mean have you guys seen it Mm -mm. no so it's about it's loosely based on Richard Linklater's freshman year of college in the 1980s and it's about boy not boyfriends (laughs) it's about (laughs) friends that are boys like boy tribes it's a very animal house kind of several different boyhoods are
1: coming together into one
3: (laughs) boy (laughs) movie (laughs) but like like barely thought out it's it's a it's a fucking drag it's mm-hmm. a real drag there's a lot of jokes at the expense of women almost every shot of a girl and you know richard richard Linklater in interviews is like well but that's how an 18 year old boy would see it and it's like but uh. also if you're a boy seeing it then that's how you're taught to view women anyways <laughs> Good uh point. what an idiot uh, <laughs> but in response to sorry i'm i'm like hijack. you can cut this out if you want please uh, in, 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 <laughs> please i cannot wait to get that. <laughs> no i mean please go on okay um so also he's directed a movie called boy i mean i i enjoyed boyhood i thought you know it's, it's a cool film it experiment. was fine i liked it what did you did you like yeah, it? it was
0: good i'm impressed that he got the same people to stay on for a long time right and like
3: it means he's agreeable
0: Mm-hmm. Also, like, but the thing I remember most is like a b- wordless, probably like thirty second thing of when he's really young and the boy finds like a dead bird, a dead something dead in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I think, and he like funny. doesn't say anything; he just says like death. What is it? <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm glad they included this dead what? animal. <laughs> <laughs> they got me thinking. That's what I think of when I think of that movie. And then his horrible yeah. acting at the end. Yeah. The, Painful. The,
3: I mean, he really rolled the dice on that. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to get a Haley Joel Osment. Most times <laughs> you're not. Haley Joel Osment, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. We're waiting for you. We're you can do any movie you want. Freaking Six answer, Sense answer or Answer my tweets. Don't, you don't have to do Sixth Sense. What's a movie you like? I just want to know more about Forrest you. Forrest Gump. I just want <laughs> to know more about things that he likes. Maybe he's into some weird shit. Mm, if you're into some weird shit, for sure hit me up. Uh, <laughs> anyways, everybody wants some... Uh, received generally positively people are like it's a you know an o- an ode to boys what movie fucking isn't Christopher Nolan just released a movie I keep calling boy city uh, oh Dunkirk <laughs> Dunkirk yeah there's anyways yeah why isn't there a
1: girlhood
2: Well,
3: because well, because everyone wants to jerk off to themselves, and I get that. Richard Linklater is a man, (laughs) and he's able to make movies because he's a man, so he's going to jerk off to himself. However, (laughs) so he retaliates—not retaliates, but makes makes a strategic move, as as some people do uh, after people are like, uh, everybody wants them is uh, making fun of women a lot, and the women who are in it are only objectified, and then he says, "Well." I am executive producing a women's film now. So he signs on to executive produce a friend of his uh, who's making a movie. Her name is Katie Kokonos. And the name of the movie is I Dream Too Much. It was an indie movie. It came out a couple months ago Mm -hmm. at this point. And he does an interview, a crummy interview with Vanity Fair, in which he sort of discusses why he feels... That women aren't being given opportunities in film.
1: Oh, I'd love to hear his And insight. he's got
3: some really interesting thoughts. So, question. Why was this the project that finally got you to step into a producing role? Mm-hmm. His answer. Well, I, I like that it's one of the few young women's films that isn't really centered around a guy or getting a guy or breaking up with a guy. I like that Katie had a real strong vision for a young woman. Her own dreams. Her own aspirations. And I thought that's pretty damn unique. You don't see that <laughs> no. a lot. There needs to be more voices like that out there. No. First of all, uh, thank you so fucking much. Uh, <laughs> because I'm always around trying to get the guy, break up with the guy, and it never occurred to me, you know, that's pretty damn unique. <laughs> sure. uh, he says, you do what you can, but I think it's just an access question. I think a lot of women in general want to talk about their experience of youth, like boyhood, days of confuse, everybody wants some, etc. I think they're probably a little more hesitant in the film world to say, oh, my own story that's worthy of cinema, cinema, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, I have to go overdose in the bathroom (laughs) to To continue to quote. I remember doing some interviews on Everybody Wants Some and people were like, why aren't there any good female roles? Your film's very male. There's no women in it. I'd always say Well, if you feel there's a void, I did executive produce this other movie. So when that film opens, I hope you care or pay attention because it's out there. So instead of uh, saying, hey, maybe I should write a female character that isn't a horror virgin or shrew, go see what this other person made. I gave her $10,000 and (laughs) uh, I would like credit for that.
1: So he's basically saying he's
3: he's a very pat on the back. Thank you for trying. That and, like, I don't like it.
1: Oh, God. the His blind... Oh, it's so unique to have a, a woman tell her own story. You just don't see that that much. But oh, the, gee, do you fucking have any idea why, you stupid idiot? Right, and also the implication is, like, women are just... This is
3: just starting to occur to them. They, they too, grew up... And <laughs> they, too, have had feelings hey, that weren't minute. just about how horny they are for me or my fucking friends. <laughs> and now that they're having these feelings, I'm tossing them a fucking bone. And it's just like, uh, so that interview really, and this is an interview from this year, made me really want to, like, look back at some of his because Because from what I can tell, and I haven't seen them all, it seems like his treatment of women is kind of movie to movie from one cuz i i felt as i remember i wasn't watching it for this podcast but like boyhood i didn't think was incredibly unfair to it, it just, you know i i don't know yeah nothing so really struck
1: discussion. me with uh, the before trilogy it's really just two main characters uh, Ethan Hawke's character and Julie Delpy's character and Julie Delpy's character is solid it's a very character driven mostly dialogue not a ton happens in any of the movies except for just developing their relationship but her character is very like she's very outspoken she has opinions she voices them Um, Right. But then I would argue in
3: Days and Confused, women are not treated very well.
1: I don't remember it that well, so I can't speak much to it.
3: In general, I mean, as a rule, there, you know, it is a male focused film and the women are objectified, I would say, kind of in the same way as everybody wants them, which he himself connects the two movies as like, yeah, it's like a spiritual sequel kind of thing in that it's about young boys who just want to fuck. So, anyways, it, it does seem like there's a lot of nuance here in terms of, like, movie-to-movie. Movie. So, let's bring it back to School of Freaking Rock. For okay. Crying out loud. Okay. So, that's my... I think my criticism is over for, <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> I did want to bring up... Because reading that interview really pissed me off. Of, well, that
0: one quote, what you pointed out, too. though, like, this being unique and putting... Is this putting... I, like, I don't know. I feel like this happens a lot in life. Not even just in quote form, but... Mm-hmm. Where women having, like, original, quote-unquote, ideas and being, like, remotely creative or deviating from this setup of, like, I don't even know. I feel like it's just this big thing of putting someone on a pedestal for having an idea, which is not of, like, a normal, like, having ambition. Well,
1: he's completely failing to acknowledge the fact that women don't get the same opportunities in Hollywood to make movies. Mm -hmm. And the, the few times that a woman is directing a movie... It's seen as this novel thing. Oh, how original, how unique. And it's just because we've been pushed down all throughout the history of filmmaking and also life in general, society. Yeah, history
3: of the world. Right. It is. in like, the way that quote especially, yeah, it, it's sort of the same quote where it sounds like, and maybe this was taken out of context, but, I mean, it sounds like Richard Linklater thinks that women are just starting to direct movies because it just occurred to them right. that yeah. they might have a story worth telling where it's actually been centuries of, well, not in film, but, you know, like it's been at least a century-long struggle to even get 1% representation, which I think is about still
1: where we're, we're at. <laughs> Pretty close.
3: Uh, in terms of directing anyways. Yeah. So uh, that's dumb. Uh, <laughs> but back to School of Rock and its female characters. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Principal Mullins. Okay. Because I think she she has, I guess, the most story of any female character. Or I like would the most focused. So. I love her. <laughs> I don't know how well she's treated by this story, but as a character, I love her. She's in charge. She's very good at her job. She is respected by to some pretty degree. every... But, like, she is by pretty much everybody, I feel like. Because I don't
0: think anyone thinks she's doing a bad job. She, she, right. right. But yeah. there's... So, like, liking someone and then not, re- like, respecting them are really different.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, they, she's respected. But I think she acknowledges... And then there's also a scene, uh, like, in the teacher's lounge where she's, like, harping on about something. And Dewey is like, is she always like this? And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, she... They don't really see her as, like, someone... Which is makes sense because yeah, she's yeah, their I've superior seen every boss
3: like that. Yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah he's so fucking uptight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that scene where they go out to coffee, which ends up being a giant mug of beer instead of coffee. <laughs> she's like, you, "You sure you don't have coffee?" And he's like, oh, "I'm sure." She's so good. <laughs> Afterward, she's like, "No one thinks I'm cool. I I had to become this bitch." And he's like, "No, no, no, you're cool." So I kind of like that scene where she's like, this role made me have to be a certain way, or at least she feels that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's acknowledging that because I'm a, a, a maybe a woman in power, I had to assume this role to be respected. And right. I like that she acknowledges that and that the movie addresses it.
0: Is it the most poignant thing ever? No. But they do. Do it. Yeah, Yeah, they do it. I remember when I was a kid too, that really stuck out to me because it was like the only, it felt like the only point in the movie that was like legitimately serious. Like I didn't fully understand what it was they're getting at. I also like didn't Mm -hmm. even know that she mouthed the word bitch. I was (laughs) like, what's she saying? But because it does like, it does get serious and he visibly seems uncomfortable because I think he feels bad for thinking she's. Uptight, but having her talk about that, like, she felt like she had to become this Mm -hmm. uptight version and couldn't really balance both.
1: Well, because most movies will have a role very similar to hers where Mm -hmm. it's like the boss. She's a shrew. She's very uptight. And we only see her in that role. We never see her, like... We don't get that moment. Be like, yeah, I I know that I've become this. I didn't ever want to be this person, but this is who I had to become to be respected in this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so, a,
3: that's a great point. Mm-hmm. First of all, Joan Cusack fucking rules. <laughs> Every line read she gives in this movie is the best line read. I wonder how... I feel like she never had to do a second take. She's she she so also good.
0: has, like, really good off, I think, lines that she came up with for improv stuff. Mm-hmm. That scene in the teacher's lounge where they're, like, after she stops giving her speech and Jack Black's like, oh, is she always like that? They, like, pan to her with the their conversation, the main one, but in the yeah. background she's like, and then... The turkey sandwiches touch the peanut butter <laughs> yeah. tray and you know this is a big deal and I'm like, Joan killing it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: There's oh what I was say. so
0: serious too.
3: It's uh, and the way <laughs> she's like always like a little bit hunched over, she's like, I know
0: you and she does really good pursed lips always, especially when drinking that beer or like sipping it yeah. really slowly.
3: She's really allowed to Joan out in this movie, <laughs> which is like so it's a so good. good. I also appreciated that the story does not push her and Dewey together romantically. It's maybe a little bit implied, but for the most part, I think it's mostly a friendship where even at one point she asks if he'll go to parents' night with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's like, it's not a date or anything. I just like, being around you makes me feel more comfortable which is friendship and i don't think she really necessarily has the vocabulary for friendship unfortunately but like it would have been another super easy choice for this movie to be like and then totally the uptight principal and the cool fucking like sort of pervert (laughs) substitute teacher make love. And having
0: it phrased too in a way where like that absolutely could have happened especially then I feel like that steals whatever progress she's made as being something that he showed her how to do instead of her just like realizing she doesn't have to be that way she doesn't want to
3: right and and yeah it's like she by the end she's not doing I mean I guess she's maybe doing a little bit less of a good job in that she's endorsing the school of rock but also it's like she doesn't really have to sacrifice anything I feel the way a lot of female characters have to where she does her job throughout including the greatest line read ever of (laughs) I've just been informed that your kids are missing. Shrug, which is <laughs> so good. But she doesn't really like, she, nothing is taken from her, which was also refreshing as she continues, you know, we assume she continues to have her job. It's implied at the end that maybe she's going to hook up with the new guitarist oh, yeah. wearing the half leather jacket. <laughs> the oh, most right.
0: uncomfortable. T- like two, yeah. de- every time, every time I watch this, I like have to look away. I can't, it's like too <laughs> Too much uncomfortable. Well, sex, he's like, it's oh, all on him, dude. You're, you're too hot.
1: hot, and
3: she's
0: like, and there's that Are you sex warm?
3: tattoo on his <laughs>
0: abs. Yeah. It's awful. Every <laughs> bit
3: so funny. But again, it's like she is at first glance a, a shrewish character. Mm-hmm. But for me, that is subverted enough through the story and actually giving her character some attention and an arc of. I feel like her arc is she realizes she doesn't need to be, I mean, and I guess this does speak to the truth, like, you don't have to be so fucking uptight. But I think she, like, in the context of this character, she realizes she can be more herself and still be very good at her job. And mm-hmm. this is sort of a male-imposed lesson, but, like, you can like Fleetwood Mac and be a good private <laughs> school principal, which is, you know, it's not the perfect lesson, but I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked for me.
1: Yeah, I mean... She's sort of adhering to this, like, society's rules dictate that I have to be this very uptight, especially because it's, like, the private school sector. These kids' parents are paying $15,000 a year for them yeah, to attend, Jesus. which actually is yeah. not that much. I was, considering, like, considering college. <laughs> well, that – and I've known of, like, private elementary – or maybe it was – High schools. I don't know, but that shit costs so much money. It's 03, baby. <laughs> True. Loosey goosey. Uh, um, I almost said pre 9 11, it wasn't. It was not. It it was was. <laughs> But, it was
3: first, well,
1: no, first, second Bush admin, mm-hmm.
3: first half of the Times second Bush were admin. Different. It was weird. I did want to bring up that this movie comes out just at, at the sort of as the the man child trope is really taken off, and it's gonna stick with us till this fucking day. Seth Rogan is still around. He's still alive. Did you mm. know? No one's harpooned him yet. <laughs> <laughs> there,
0: uh, That's how he's gonna go. This is it's one been of the- foretold.
3: He's yeah. gonna, I'm going to harpoon him. I've threatened <laughs> to do it before. Uh, I hate the man child trope, but in this again, this movie is a big fat exception where. It just works. I don't know. It that, just works. That's why for me. I, I think I that that's, that's yeah. what
1: it is. It's the man child yeah. surrounded by literal children, <laughs> and I can't handle that many children in a movie. It's too, which
3: is fair. I did, I did want to bring that up because that is a huge pet peeve of mine that, again, in this movie just gets a full pass, and, mm. and I openly love him.
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk about the female students. Mm hmm. Can we talk about Tamika? Yes. Tamika is like by far, I always think she's the best character in this whole movie. I think so too. So she's the student who he calls turkey sub originally, which I thought was because she was heavy, but it's because he takes a turkey sub out of her desk the first day. Right, he steals oh. her lunch. And I, yeah. for so long I was like, this is my biggest complaint in this movie. Why are you fat shaming this wonderful girl? But Well, that's not also
1: the, the movie made the choice to have her be the only character with food in her desk. Mm-hmm. So yeah. well, that's true.
0: Or that was like willing yeah. to share it. Yeah. True, maybe she's just a very generous Let's person. Get me, look like, on, get on the bright the day. Yeah. Yeah. she's great. Yeah, <laughs> so, she's great.
3: He does take her turkey set.
0: Yeah. So with her, the fact that like she's very quiet gets assigned, I think, security as a job, and then mm-hmm. comes up to him after and is like, I actually want to be a singer, and is too afraid to sing and stuff, and then overcomes that, sings, has like an incredible voice, and uh, so good. By it just like that scene before. I think it's the auditions for the Battle of the Bands Mm -hmm. where she gets too nervous and pulls him aside. I go back to all the time, and every time I watch it, I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate the language in that scene because she says that she's too nervous to sing, and he asks why, and she says, I'm afraid they're going to laugh at me, that they're going to call me fat. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, Tamika, that's not a problem. And, like, he... It's just... The wording is, like, he never actually says, like, you're not overweight or, like, you're not... Because she is a Mm -hmm. bit heavier, and he also isn't, like you can go on a diet or, like, try to make her feel like there's other options. He just says, like, what you want to do is what you want to do, and being fat isn't, that's not equivalent to being ugly. And there's, like, so much throughout all of that. And he goes and says, like, er, you know, Aretha Franklin, she's a big lady, but she goes on stage, she can sing, and everyone wants to party with Aretha. <laughs> yeah, is, like, party like Aretha! <laughs> Aretha <Yeah>. impossible. <laughs> and then he's like, and you know me, like, I have a weight issue, too. She asks why he doesn't go on a diet, and he just says, because I like to eat. Is that a problem? <laughs> and then goes on to say, like, but then people worship me and, like, accept me when I'm up there. And then just basically says, like, you can sing if you want to, but it's up to you. And the fact that he's not, like, you're not, I promise, let's just do this. And that it's still up right. to her to decide. Right, and he like, gives her the choice. And that I just, like, it's always so, I'm like, rewatching it warms warms my little heart. It's a great, I mean, and I do like Because I'm, like, the scene. fact that he doesn't shame her, that he's, like, it's okay to eat or be overweight as long as you're comfortable with yourself. I'm just like, wow. Especially, I feel like movies of that time are so bad right. with that when I go back to rewatch. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and Richard Linklater movies are historically pretty bad with that. I mean, this is written by Mike White. So good guy, Mike White. Good good guy, <laughs> pale eyelashes. Blonde eyelashes, eyelashes Mike bl- White. The blonde eyelash to God. <laughs> <laughs> we know as Mike White. But you're totally right. Like As I've gotten older and watched that scene, it is kind of remarkable how it holds up Pretty much a hundred percent like yeah. in the way and Tamika's just cool. Like she's fucking cool and so talented and mm-hmm. She's wearing her Avril Lavigne out. Everyone looks like Blink One Eighty Two or it's Avril so Lavigne. great! At the they all end. have those like
0: hair pieces that are bright pink that I yeah. always wish I had, but I was not cool enough. But then no. I learned I was. Just had to believe. You were the just whole like time. Lawrence, exactly, <laughs> Mister Cool. Uh.
3: <laughs> well, that's I wanted to talk about the kid because um, the kid, the kid, <laughs> um, all all of the 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 story treats. There's like two male students that have arcs and then two female students that have arcs and then the rest are kind of tertiary which is fine they're Mm -hmm. not all going to have an arc but i did like that sort of regardless of gender all the students were treated with either respect or not respect depending where we're at in the movie Mm -hmm. by dewey which i think is a testament to even though he's a you know man child character he is respectful of the students and, and really does listen to them, and there's like scenes where he's like collaborating with them yeah. and treating no them just as songs. equals, right? No <laughs> more, more secret songs, <laughs> or or <laughs> when my favorite part where they're collaborating was when Zach. In Zach's song, in Zach's secret song, where rock is the reason, rock is the rhyme. And he's like, no, 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 rock got no reason. Rock got no rhyme. I'm like, you guys are just fucking pals. I love it.
0: (laughs) like, but Oh, and then he says, too, right after that, because he's like, suggests that, and Zach's like, okay. Because they all have been taught. I mean, their parents are all, like, super strict and terrifying. Right. Especially his. And then he's like, well, no, 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 like, it's a suggestion. This is your song. Like, it's up. And it's just like. So I'm like, wow! You respect children. Who does? Not enough people. Not me.
1: I
3: <laughs> but I think yeah, we're maybe- changing
0: the lyrics. Exactly.
3: <laughs> Sorry, like, but like, seeing that when you're probably again, like, seeing that when you're like 11, you're just like,
0: yeah, cool. Yeah. And when he does that whole song of like teaching them to basically like flip off whatever stresses Stand them off. off yeah and it's like what, <laughs> so what angers you and then I forget her name the brace face girl says mm-hmm. homework and then the adorable like smallest child of the bunch is just like bullies yeah sad and you're like oh there's you? a whole other movie here <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I think what bothered me about the dynamic of the band, at least, Mm -hmm. is that all the main parts of the band, which is Zach gets lead guitar, Lawrence gets keyboard, who's the drummer...
3: Spazzy McGee. Yeah, (laughs) Freddie. Little, little. likes to
0: burn stuff. (laughs) The little rebel.
3: Oh, Oh, yeah. What do you like to do your time? Oh, no. Burn stuff. stuff. He's like, okay, recess forever. (laughs) Sorry. Okay.
1: And then there's the bass player, whose name is Katie. Yeah.
3: So she. August 18th, 1992. (laughs) Great day for everyone.
1: (laughs) She's pretty much the only. Because you can. The backup vocals. They're kind of backup. So if we're just, like, isolating the main members, the frontmen of the band, we only have one girl. Mm -hmm. She gets very little lines of dialogue, not a lot of screen time.
3: Weirdly enough, her main moment... Is, and I know you know, is the exchange she has with Freddie, aka Spazzy McGee. Mm-hmm. About Meg White? About Meg White. Yeah, Sheila where he's like, e. oh, you yeah. Name two good female drummers. And then she, I mean, she names
0: at least one good female drummer. I'm not a huge Meg White. I no, know that's have, also, wait, go for wagon. it, go for it. No, Nina's that's wagging. something that, like, there's so many drummers, like, get credited, who have simple beats, who just, like, do what she is doing and she's doing what they're doing who get credited as, like, being... Like, Ringo, everyone always makes jokes about how he's not a super intricate drummer or anything. Mm. But, like, she has a simple part. If you play drums every day and go on tour all the time, like, she can play. She can do stuff beyond that, but that's just her role. Right. And people always, like, I don't know. There was a really good, really, really good piece on Meg White and, like, how she doesn't get the respect she's deserved and has always been, like, the butt of the joke on Hazlet, maybe? Oh okay, I have to look it up. But yeah, like, so when she names those people and does like, she e Meg White from the White Stripes, and he's mm-hmm. like, she can't drum. She's like, she's, right. she's better drummer than you. That that I mean, that was a great yeah. 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 Especially because like, I feel I feel like it's like trying to balance it. But she, I've always been under the impression that Katie doesn't talk because she didn't want to. I think when the they had rehearsals, which I also like to be idealist and think like. They didn't have a lot of girls i'd like try out for the other parts maybe they did i don't know there's still i'm sure sexism that comes into play there in terms of who you choose but uh i think they chose her because she was really good at bass. And she didn't want to talk because even when Jack Black is telling her how to do those like big poofy lips and stuff, right? She doesn't. I'm pretty sure she like doesn't talk at all during that. She's not even like mm-hmm, okay, like no like one syllable words or anything, right? And at the end, she's the only one in the credits who doesn't solo, mm. and you can tell because of editing. I think either she did or she didn't because she gets scared on camera. Because she's also, like, clearly still does music. Right. But I think she was someone who was, like, wanted to play and do this, and they wanted to have her. Mm. And I think we're almost, or I don't know, but it seems like they were like, we care enough about having you that it's okay if you don't have a lot of lines. Okay. Because she has a lot of the iconic stuff with, like, the cello that she could have been more involved in. But she just, like, always looks terrified. Right. Yeah. Then make the
1: keyboard player a girl or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There were more opportunities to have more of like the main band be one of those characters or more than one, be a girl Mm -hmm. and
0: with lines and an arc and stuff like that. I mean, that said, three, if you're not including Jack Black, three of the four main people are white. Lawrence is the only one who's a person of color. Like Mm -hmm. that's something else too that I rewatching feel like their class is more diverse than like I feel like for a private school, probably more diverse than what I imagine it would be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of casting. Right.
3: I, I agree in terms of the band, but in terms of the class as a whole, we do get two male student arcs, two female student arcs. The female student arcs are Tamika and Summer. The male student arcs are Zach and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, it kind of, I, I agree in terms of like musical representation, but in terms of the story, I felt pretty good watching it this time of like summer does get her arc of she's the little shrew (laughs) Mm -hmm. basically and is originally presented as an annoyance and a foil to jack black trying to yeah teachers just goof off yeah uh but by the end he's like she's gonna be the first female president which still could be true could (laughs) be (laughs) (laughs) yeah go for it miranda (laughs) we loved you and drake and josh we loved you and i carly (laughs) Time to become the president.
0: (laughs) And I feel like they try, given time limit, too, because they probably could have gone longer. And a lot of the montages try to show, I mean, as any film does, growth between people. But I really like that they show Gordo, Gordon, Lizzie McGuire, the the little boy who handles the lights and, like, technology stuff. Because they, during their, like, the final, like, battle of the band scene, too... They show him and like his work often, and from his perspective. Also, the person watching him is a female light technician, and not uh, or like hmm. stagehand person, and not a boy. Which like, if you think of like on stage representation, off stage is like way less sure, yeah. in the music right. industry. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's nice, <laughs> and like not what <laughs> I thought it would be when I noticed that later in life. So I like that they show his stuff and like actually give it. Credit. They just like credit kids as being smart and capable of learning a lot, right. which is a. It's a pretty true. Wait, yeah, and and the hard one one disagree. Of the most, no <laughs> kids can't learn. <laughs> school uh, is a waste of time. <laughs>
3: and like and, one of the best ex- and most exciting things of seeing this movie when you're a kid is being like, I'm a kid and I can do stuff.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. why representation is so important. Mm-hmm. That's why we yeah. need rep- more school <laughs> Death, School of Rock. That's too. what I was gonna say. Well, and also a better representation of women. Yeah, agree. For sure. Um does this
3: movie pass the backtail test?
1: Yes. Yes, it does. What? It does. So there's a scene Rock. where although do we know that teacher's name where um the principal is talking to a lady teacher and she's like, Don't have the peanut butter sandwiches, touch know the her name. other sandwiches. That okay. that I scene does not name. pass. Okay. Um, At least there are two women interacting. (laughs) Yes. It it does have, it
3: doesn't happen (laughs) as much as it should. There's no scene Sarah Silverman is in that I saw that passes the Bechdel test. Right. Unforged. But there are, so there's a scene between Joan Cusack and a child where she's yelling at the child, but also like, do you want a hug? And she's (laughs) like, no. And then she's like, okay, have a good day, Emily. That passes the test. Mm. Uh, and then there's a scene right after that. I think that it does pass because I think she's talking to one of the teachers who we learn has a name in a previous scene, even though I don't remember it off the top when of my Jack head. When Jack Black
0: leaves the school,
3: yeah, where she's yeah. like, she's like, yeah, the teacher slipped, but we've got a substitute, and so she's technically talking about. Uh, yeah, she's uh, like
0: talking about her job because right. it's about him filling in and explaining what he does. Either way, it
3: already passes. Okay. <laughs>
0: But Passing minimally, yeah, it's minimally, like, right.
1: Short. There are so many opportunities enough. for like the, the three backup singers who were all girls to mm-hmm. be like, hey, I like to sing. Me too. Like they could have talked. Mm-hmm. There could have been there's there are
0: more opportunities that were missed. For all. sure. Sure. Especially I imagine just like natural conversation that would have occurred that would have been relevant. Yeah. Between everyone. Summer, as the band manager was
1: control. like, you know had jurisdiction over everybody. She could have talked to the backup singer. She could have mm-hmm. talked to the bass player. All kinds of people. But we yeah. don't see any of those scenes.
3: So let's all give School of Rock <laughs> a nipple rating on our famous uh, nipple rating scale. Mm-hmm. And this is not how much you like the movie, but how well you think it treats women on a scale of one to five. And uh, then we're going to need some description of those nips.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm going to give this movie a three and a half nipples okay. um, because Richard Linklater in a whole I give him a punch in the mouth uh, <laughs> as of right now that interview really bothered me but this movie uh, the shrew problem is almost entirely responsible for why I'm gonna knock off points and I think if I was really being honest it's more of a three three and a half though The shrew, the shrewishness, especially of the Sarah Silverman character, which is like a double punch in the gut because it's like, don't do that to Sarah fucking Silverman. Are you kidding? Every
1: scene she's in, she's like.
3: Right. So that's not fair. Um, But we do see growth in our main female character, Principal Rosalie Mullins, played by Joan Joan out. I appreciate that they sort of take a stereotype and whether intentionally or not, at least subvert it. Tamika amazing. Mm-hmm. Summer has, uh, you know, she has an arc. She goes on to become iCarly. It's all good. <laughs> I'm giving the nipples too. Uh, I'm giving two of them to Adam Pascal because he's going to need them. He's going to film Rent for 2005. He's busy. (laughs) He's going to need those nipples. I'm not going to take them away from him. I'm assuming that whoever we don't give nipples to ceases to have them. (laughs) Uh, I'm giving one blonde nipple to Mike White. (laughs) Very pale. Uh, And then I'm giving the last half a nipple to Spezzy McGee. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with four. I went in originally thinking more, but then... Hearing a lot of your thoughts about it made me change my mind, which makes sense. Because Sarah Silverman really doesn't at all, which is the one that I knew ahead. But then Joan, I feel like I always thought of her more as changing. But there often isn't because the lines she has are in the background. Mm-hmm. But is it, we- I like want to give it to kids as an award, but then I'm also like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> this is feels a safe is space. Very give the
3: children nipples. They
0: need them. <laughs> or or, or they grow so up humanity up will them. cease to be. <laughs> Uh, who will we milk? <laughs> feels too weird, so I'm not going to. I'm going to okay. give it to one to Jack Black's ex-bandmate who was in once because my mom loves yeah. that musical. good and, for uh, him. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> I'm going to give one to... No, I'm going to give two to that woman who works behind the board, the soundboard at Battle of the Bands. Yeah. Respect her. And then uh, I'll give one to Joan. Joan. She expert. deserves it.
3: She deserves it. Yeah. She earned it. Mm-hmm. She's
1: worked so hard. <laughs> I'm going to give it two and a half nipples. I'm sorry, but it's still largely a a man's movie. Jack Black steals the show, and by that, I mean... He's given the show. He steals (laughs) it? The show's written for him. It's his show. (laughs) And a lot lot of his interactions (laughs) are with other boys in the band, so it's still a very male-heavy movie. The female characters that there are, as we pointed out, are often very, like uptight, high strung, turtleneck. So, turtleneck. And then of the ones who... Very <laughs> turtleneck vibe. Of the ones who aren't, barely get any screen time. Tamika, great character. I love her. She doesn't get a ton of screen time mm-hmm. or lines. And doesn't play a huge role in the story as tender and wonderful as her scene is where she's like, I'm afraid people are going to laugh at me because I'm fat. Sarah Silverman, Summer... Principal Joan Cusack. They're all like, Um, (laughs) which is fine. There are people like that. That's totally cool. But let's see a broader representation of women. There are other types of women like me, wretched, (laughs) but also cool. Anyway, (laughs) so I give it two and a half nipples. They belong to Jack Black, the nipples that we see, uh, that the children also see. And then the half nipple (laughs) goes to... I'm going to say Julie Depley from Before Sunrise. Cool. Because we see her nipples in uh, Before Midnight, actually. So that's the half nipple.
3: Hey, do you ever think Jack Black and Jack
0: White hang out? Anyways. Every day.
3: <laughs> thank you so much,
0: Thanks Nina. So much thank for being you. Here. Where, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on the internet, on the Twitter. My name is Nina Corcoran and that's my handle with an underscore. Uh, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, you can find me in print in Dig Boston if you live in the city and otherwise, my name is very Googleable. There's not a lot of us Nina Corcorans out there. We Me, a a lacrosse player and uh, a cool girl who lives in Canada. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll tag the shit out of you. There's
3: a lot of Jamie Laptises out there and I almost hooked up with one one time. (laughs)
1: Whoa.
3: (laughs) More on that story for another day. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to the Bechtelcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bechtelcast. You can find us On Instagram at Bechtelcast, we just got a website. It's com. Give us money. We need money really bad. There's a place to click for money for us, which we need. Please. Uh, Money for us is good always. Mm -hmm. We're coming to New York in September. Come to that. I keep wanting to say September 11th. It's not September (laughs) 11th. It's September September, 9th. (laughs) It's September 9th. We're all fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're gonna have a great time
1: at the Cinderblock Comedy Festival.
3: It's uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hip and a hop and a fun time.
1: Oh yeah!
2: Oh yeah! Thanks okay. for having me
1: on. Guys. Thank you so, so much for being here. We love Thank you for being here. I
2: just punched a water bottle. <laughs> okay, bye. Gotta go. Bye. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for...